0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you here. God bless all of you. Glad you made it out. If you're watching my live stream, glad to have you this morning. We're going to raise a little heaven this morning. Kingdom of God. We're here in our series, The Church of Our Lord and Savior Jesus. So we'll allow the Word of God to fill in where we're going today. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high? Ushers would gladly put the Word of God in your hand. And I will tell you where we're going. We're going to go to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1. And you may say, where is Habakkuk? That's probably where your pages are stuck together at. (laughs) That you have Nahum, Habakkuk, and then Zephaniah there. So I'll give you a little bit of time to get there. Uh, Just to highlight again where we're going. I heard this story here recently, and I told it in the first service. I'm going to tell it again. There was a church and you know everything was going along really good and one day the pastor noticed that the lot next to him had a construction sign going up. Well he didn't realize that the building that was going up next to him was gonna be a nightclub. So the nightclub opens and starts causing all kinds of problems at the church within the neighborhood, and so the pastor gets the people of the church together and says, We gotta pray. We gotta ask God to intervene. So they begin to pray, and three weeks later, there was a, a thunderstorm in their area. Lightning struck the nightclub and burned it to the ground. So the owner of the nightclub, he gets word that the church has been praying. So he gets mad about what they've been praying. He files a lawsuit. He sues the church. So they go before the judge, and the judge says to the bar owner, he said, now tell me your side of the story. And he said, well, everything was going along great until the church started praying. Then my building was burned to the ground because of it. So he looked at the pastor and said, well, what's your side of the story? And the pastor said, well, that was true. We did pray, but he said, I promise, your honor, I never thought or believed our prayers would work anyhow. So the judge backs up in his chair, and he takes a deep breath, and he looks, and he said... I'm really confused here. I'm perplexed. I'm amused. He said, "We have a nightclub owner who believes in the power of prayer, but we got a pastor who doesn't believe in the power of prayer." <laughs> so I think here have we have we compromised as people as prayer? Have we gotten away from the very things that God has instructed us to do with prayer? So you get a little bit of an idea where we're going. So I'm going to begin here in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1. I'm in the New King James. That's what I preach out the majority of the time. I'm going to read it in the New King James, and then I'm going to read it in the message. So begin with me in verse 1. The burden or the problem which the prophet Habakkuk saw. So he was seeing man, all kinds of ugly things taking place in Jerusalem and he didn't like it. So he says here in verse two, oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? I'll even cry out to you violence and you will not save. So Habakkuk begins by calling out God to set everything's in order here. And it's like he's saying, God, why don't you stop the existence of evil? He goes on to say in verse 3, Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble or wrong? For plundering or destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. It falls to pieces. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Now, the reason I want to read this out of the message, I I believe this will come alive to you, but really, whatever city you live in in America, I believe this fits this. Listen to what it says in in the message. The problem is God gave Habakkuk to see it. God, how long do I have to cry out help before you listen? How many times do I have to yell help, murder, police before you come to the rescue? Why do you force me to look at evil, stare trouble in the face day after day? Anarchy and violence break out, quarrels and fights all over the place. Law and order fall to pieces. Justice is a joke. The wicked have the righteous hamstrung and stand justice on its head. Now, as I read that, I thought, that's our society to a T. This this is us. And when I read what Habakkuk did here, his prayer was honest. I I call his prayer, it was straight from his gut. This is what he sensed. And, And I can't find any time in scripture where God criticized man's deepest questions and our internal struggles. Actually, when I studied people in the Bible, I found out when ones were in fear and they expressed fear to God, God welcomed it. When one said, We're in doubt, you got to help us with our doubt. When ones were angry, they let it rip. And so when I looked at what he was saying here, the Lord never criticized people who prayed with an honest and a sincere heart. And I believe that's what Habakkuk was doing in a time of incredible confusion. Verse five God's response. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded or amazed, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though, if you were told you. You know what God's telling him? I got this Habakkuk. I got it. So continue to pray. Continue to believe me. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3 says this. Call on me and I'll answer you. So what has happened to us as Christians, as church folk? Have we got to a place in our life where we think we've advanced, where we don't have to pray anymore? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you may want to put on your spiritual seatbelt, because the goal here today is stir up within every one of us a heart and an appetite to pray. I want to pray. I want to seek God. Now, turn with me back in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And what I begin to do, actually some of this was birthed Wednesday night. There was some stuff that was said through the word of wisdom, I believe on Wednesday night, that stirred this within me. But I begin to go back in scriptures and I thought, I, I want to get some of the great men of prayer in the, in, in, in the Bible. I, I want to talk about them. And so what I come to find out with that this first one is about King David here, and man, he was, he was in one of the worst times of his life. The reason I highlight that is many in this, in this room right now, you say, 2020, 2021, these have been the worst years of my life. You may say right now, today's the worst day of my life. And so King David at this time in his life, he is the anointed king, but he's not the king. He's prophesied to be the next king, but he's not walking as king. So he's in a place called in between. And at this time in his life, he's living in an area called Ziklag among the Philistines. So one day, him and his men, and I'm just paraphrasing this, they go on this raid into the Philistine territory, and they raid, they take the spoils, and they're on their way back to Ziklag, and they come over a hill. And one of his men says, do you smell that? And they said, yeah, it smells like smoke, Fire. And the other one says, look, and they realize there's there's smoke in the air and and there's smell of fire. And so they come over a hill and they look down on the valley and they realize everything they have is gone. And let me highlight that just a little bit. Their homes are gone. Their possessions are gone. Their valuables are gone. Their livestock is gone. And then the worst part, his wives and his children are gone. Now, I've had bad days before, but I've never had a day like that. So King David is experiencing the worst day of his life. And it's interesting, this thought right here. He was the anointed next king of Israel, but he wasn't exempt From life coming at him and it gets worse could it get worse the very men that were with him his warriors that fought with him they turn on him too so what do I begin to see through this scriptures what do you do on the worst day of your life so watch what we can learn so we start in first Samuel chapter 30 verse 7 then David sent to Abathar, the priest of Himelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. Now, the reason I highlight this verse here when he's talking about bring the ephod to him, it literally says in the message, so I can consult God. So the very first thing David does on the worst day of his life, he said, I gotta consult God. In other words, i got to make room for God. i got to take time to get in God's presence. And it's interesting. The very first thing he does is he consults with God. He doesn't complain. He doesn't pout. He doesn't go in depression. He doesn't want us to feel sorry for him. He calls on God. Ooh, maybe we can learn something. Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. Now Listen. So David inquired of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. Literally stated here, he began to pray. He created room or he made room for God. He inquired of the Lord. He doesn't take matters into his own hand. He doesn't do what he he thinks he should do. He doesn't uh, put up the white flag. He inquires of the Lord. The very first thing. Now, I'm going to help you in the society we live in. The very first thing he didn't do, he didn't go on Facebook. Wow. He didn't have to post his story. Isn't it interesting how we think we got to do that? So let me ask you something right there. What do you do very first? Well, pastor, I post my story. I got to pay attention to this, okay? And I believe God's going to birth something in here today. He inquired of the Lord. Keep reading. And then he asked two questions. Shall I pursue this troop? Question mark. Shall I overtake them? Question mark. And God answered him. Why did God answer him? He took time to pray. He took time to call on God. And I believe that King David knew this from a life of calling out to God. He knew, you know what, when I call out to God, God answers. God tells me what I need to do. And so if you look at everything that takes place here, literally what he does is he tells David, attack, go get him, attack. Now this is what was birthed off of Wednesday night. Over and over, I've had people say, man, I'm, I'm living frustrated. I'm living disappointed. And, and in, including in that, they'll say this oftentimes, man, it seems like the devil's on the warpath against me. It seems like everywhere I go, man, uh, uh, the devil's chasing me. He's coming after me. And so as I begin to hear that over and over, you know what I sense the Lord saying? For my life and other people's life, tell them, Why don't we reverse the tables instead of sitting back and allowing him to attack? Why don't we attack? Why don't we put on some war paint? Why don't we begin to look and say, you know what? The Lord said that we're strong in his power and his might. And so what do we do in this situation? We call out to God. You know, first Timothy 6, 12, the the apostle Paul said to Timothy, he said, listen, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. Matthew eleven twelve, 12, the Lord Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violent, but the violence we take it by, or the violent take it by force. In other words, you're gonna have to do something. Do you know the devil's vision statement is John 10, 10? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So you know what I say? Uh-uh, uh-uh, in the name of Jesus. So when we look at this, remember, in, in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, he tells us the warfare that we're to put on in chapter 6, verse 17, he says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So I got the Word of God. The name of Jesus is still the name above every name. Where's that? Philippians 2, 9 through 11. He said also in, in Colossians three seventeen, he said that everything I do in word or deed, I do in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you guys, it is, it is time right now as the body of Christ is the church to say, we're going on the war path. We're going after them. Remember in the old western, some of the, you may never have seen a Western like this. Some of you may even say, who's John Wayne? Who is that? <laughs> Remember in those times when the Indians would, would, would go on the war path, what they'd do? They'd put on war paint as a sign. We're coming after you. You know, I believe we need war paint today. And you know what it is? It's the anointing of God. Anoint me to pray, Lord. Anoint me to stand. Anoint me to fight. Anoint me to fight. Now, turn with me to the, the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel, chapter 10. And this was the second person that, man, the Lord really, really, really had me study in these areas. We got we to study the Word of God and see what, what these men do here. And so, in this passage here in Daniel, chapter 10, Daniel gets a dream or a vision. And in the dream or vision, it wasn't good. It was gonna be tribulation, and man, there was a bunch of conflict that was gonna happen. So he gets this vision. Well, you know what the Bible says he does? He goes on a 21-day fast and prayer. So when the going gets tough, what do the tough get doing? They fast and they pray. And it's interesting to me that in this time, Daniel didn't put the white flag up at surrender. But I want to show you what he did. And I I believe this is going to birth again something within us. Daniel 10, verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Now, think about this. What was he doing? He was on his knees, palms of his hands. You know what I believe this is? I believe this is my battle position. He's in a position of not only bowing to God, he said, I'm in I'm in a position of prayer. And it's interesting that he says that he's on his knees and this hand touches him and causes him to tremble. Well, the person whose hand touched him was the Archangel Gabriel. And so even on those lines, you may say, well, does God still do that with angels? Yeah, he does. You know, in Hebrews 13, verse 2, he says, many of you have entertained angels, and you are even unaware of it. It's going to be interesting. We get to heaven. How many times we had angels, we didn't even realize it. So he's in his battle position. This is how I find my battles. Verse 11. And Gabriel said to me, O oh, Daniel, man, man. He 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 says to him, man. He addresses him as man. So off of that thought right there, I don't care if you're a man or a woman. One human being that submits themselves to God in prayer has the abilities through the power of the Holy Ghost to change the whole situation. See, many times I think we look at ourselves and say, "God would never use me." Well, He spoke through a donkey. I'm not, I'm not acknowledging you're a donkey, okay, but still. He said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved. Greatly beloved. He, he applauds Daniel. He salutes Daniel as man greatly beloved. Do you know off of that statement? Here's what I see on that. He was known in heaven. Heaven was aware of Daniel. Because he was so smart, no. I believe when you go back and you study his life over and over, I mean, when you get back, I think it's Daniel 6 where he would pray three times a day and said, which was his custom since early days. So this guy, he had this thought, man, when things come at me, when life comes at me, I'm not gonna complain, I'm not gonna bellyache. See, as our society, here's what I see more and more within the church, that we've become prayerless, we've become weak in prayer, we've become compromised, and it's easier for us to blame the president, it's easier for us to blame the government, to blame the school systems, to blame the media, than to say, what about my spiritual condition? So even right here, I mean, he needed one man. God said, I just need one. And so he said, Man, greatly beloved, understand the words which I speak to you. Stand upright. You know what he said to him? Get up. Get up, get up, get up, get up. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Why was Gabriel sent to him? Why? Keep reading. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. From the very first day that you set your heart to understand, from the very first day that you set your heart to understand, the new living says, you begin to pray. From the very first day that you begin to pray, day number one. to humble yourself before God. I don't know what to do, Father God, but you do. Your words were heard, and I've come because of your words. Your requests have been heard in heaven. Your prayers have been heard in heaven. Now watch this. He gives an explanation. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. How many days did Daniel pray? 21 days. And he said, this Prince of Persia, you know who this is? You know who the Prince of Persia is? It's a demonic entity, okay? Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6 is what this is talking about. He said, these these spirits of darkness... Opposed me or withstood me for 21 days. I Believe personally, he's applauding Daniel and you know what he's saying way to go You you didn't quit praying you didn't quit seeking me you didn't get to 15 days and say this stuff doesn't work You stayed with it Let me give you a little acronym, okay It's the word push p-u-s-h pray until something happens, stick with it. And the reason I say that, we're such a microwave mentality that if we don't have something take place, if it doesn't occur, me, it's not going to work. Well, did you pray? Yeah, I prayed for 30 minutes, but nothing happened. See, there's some of you in here right now that God needs you to pray for your family members. He needs you. And you say, God would need me? He needed Daniel. God moves through the prayers of the righteous right here on earth. After the first service, I had a lady come up to me and she said, Pastor, this was just for me. And I said, Why do you say that? And she said, I've got a daughter. And she said, Just this week, I got so irritated. I said, I'm done praying for her, Father God. I'm done. And she said, something got rebirthed in me today. I pray that in here right now. God's hearing you okay? Keep reading. So he withheld me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princesses came to help me. They brought in the heavy artillery. For I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. So what you see here is the demonic armies that try to oppose God's will here on earth. The, the earthly struggles that are often taking place reflect what's happening in the heavenlies. And so when I read this, your prayers and my prayers can change the outcome. Wow. Don't view prayer as punishment. Golly, we got to pray today. We ought to view prayer such a privilege. Now, think about this. You have the opportunity 24-7 to talk directly with the creator of the universe. The, The God who told the sun when to rise and to when to set. The God who told the stars when to twinkle. The, the God who told the rivers which way to run. The God who told the leaves when to turn from green to yellow. And I'm experiencing the yellow right now. How many doing I need to let rake in right now? I'm experiencing that. Why do you highlight all that? He's Jehovah. He's the great Jehovah. He's the God who created all. And I can actually pray to him. I can actually call out to him. Now, how does this all apply to our series, The Church of Our Lord and Savior Jesus? Turn with me to Mark 11, and I'm going to explain it to you here. Mark chapter 11. You know, I I believe this within the heart of all people, but when you get born again, I believe God put in your DNA this, this spiritual instinct or this spiritual reflex. And you know what that is? When life comes at you, you pray. Call on the name of the Lord. Do you know King David did Psalm 5015? Do you know the first time you find prayer in the Bible is you go all the way back to the beginning, Genesis 4, verses 25, 26, and it says, That's when men begin to call on the name of the Lord. Well, what caused them to start calling on the name of the Lord? I believe there was something on the inside of him saying, We gotta pray. We gotta pray. I don't know if you remember MC Hammer, he used to sing that. We got to pray just to make it today. I say we pray. Now I know MC's got a little bit on me, but that's still pretty good. You got you guys gotta realize I'm white. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. Come help me. Mark chapter eleven. Verse 15, so they, Jesus and his disciples, came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple. Jesus goes into the church. And he began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this passage. This, this is one of the most bizarre passages in all the, in all the Bible to me. Because a lot of people say, well, I thought Jesus was love. Now, get, get the picture here. He, he goes into the church, and he starts turning over these tables, kicking over chairs. And I can't find in any of the passages here where the disciples assisted him. I think when he started doing that, they, they were blown away. They stood back like, what got into Jesus? What's Jesus doing? Verse 16, and he would not allow anyone, he would not permit anyone to carry their wares or their goods through the temple. He he stopped them here. And I believe part of the reason he did a lot of that was he was telling them, I really don't approve of your religious commercialism. I really don't like it. Now, watch what he says here in verse 17. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house? Not your house, not my house. He said, My house. Now, think about that. The Lord Jesus just designated and he said, My house. Now, watch what he says about his house. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now think about what he just said. He didn't say my house will be a house of teaching. There's nothing wrong with teaching. We got to have teaching. He didn't say my house will be a house of praise and word. He said, my house will be a house of prayer. And so when I read this, I think, well, is it a house of prayer? Keep reading because he's got a great thought in here. My house will be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. You've turned it into a hangout for thieves. You've prostituted my house for your well-being. So off of that statement, you have made it this. Let me ask you something. What have you made it? What have I made it? Do we come just out of religious duty? Do we come just to shoot the breeze? Do we come because my best friend's there? Do we come because I'm trying to find a wife there? Do we come just to be spiritually or religiously viewed? See, there's the question. What have I made it? Do I come because I'm needing a business deal? Whoa. Now, here's the thought for you, too. Jesus is very aware why we come. He's very aware. And when he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, do you know the temperature reading, the barometer reading, the appetite or the aroma of the church is based off what type of people of prayer we are wow personally and as a church how we doing are we weak have we compromised my house will be called a house of prayer see these people were going to the church physically but spiritually their heart wasn't there at all They were just showing up and going through the motions. And and I can't override prayer. It it must become the defining mark. Let me give you two thoughts here, two scriptures. Lord Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, he said, if any two of you will agree on earth as touching anything, it'll be done unto you. Just two, just two. So the church here, we've been praying on Tuesday nights for 17, 18 years. I've, I've never desired for the Tuesday night prayer to be about numbers, never. But my prayer has always been this, Father God, just make sure there's two of us, just two. You know, all those years We've always had two. Now there was about a month ago and then a lot of people were busy, stuff was going on. It was 6.59 on Tuesday night and I was the only one here and I said, oh Lord, my prayer's been you'll get two, just two and at 6.59 and a half, Kelsey Havens came walking in. I thought, oh Lord, you sent the angel, thank God, thank God. I'm gonna help you with something here okay right now. As believers, I believe the strongest form of the prayer of agreement is that between a husband and wife. You know why? Because the Lord said in in Genesis 2, he said, you'll become one. So you go back and look. The devil never really messed with Adam until Eve came on the scene. And I believe the reason he messed with Adam when Eve came on the scene was he knew if they figure out the prayer of agreement in a marriage covenant, I'm in trouble. Can I tell you something? As husband and wife, start getting in agreement in your prayers. I just kind of sent some of you men, tighten up, just relax, fellas, it's okay. This is a blessing from God. The second scripture I wanna give you is James chapter five, verse 16. James said, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man benefits much. Fervent, intense, a heart passion. And if you'll notice, he said, that person's prayer would benefit or avail much. But I, I, I can't quit. I can't stop, I can't give up. I I gotta stay with it. And so again, on these lines, I don't know how your year's been, but I listen a bunch and I hear the majority of people say, I can't wait for 2021 to get past. What would happen right now if we asked the Lord to anoint us with some war paint today of heaven? there's there's something moving within me right now to pray like I haven't. And and I, I I don't say this arrogantly at all, okay? But I do get to a place when I pray that I know if I'll just pray, God will move. And it's not how I spell my name, it's just like Daniel and David that says, I gotta pray, I gotta pray. In the last couple of days, there's some things that took place, and man, I got so grieved, and I said, Lord, have I not prayed? Have I not prayed like I should have? And so I sense God, He's raising the bar on me. He's saying, you gotta pray, you gotta pray, so I'm gonna ask you to stand up today. Right now, let's just stand up here. You're in a spiritual battle, whether you like it or not. Every one of us, so I don't know if you've never prayed much, but what would it happen if we begin to say, Lord, grace is to have an appetite to pray. And I know there's one of you, in, there's ones of you in here, that you've been men, men and women of prayer. Do you know what God's saying? Just as that angel said to Daniel, he said, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave get up! Wake up! Get up! And I believe this is the call for God right now to say, listen, we can sit back another year and we can complain about it or we can say, you know what? I got the power. I got the name of Jesus. So if you're here today, you need a stirring up. First of all, I just welcome you to come down and say, Lord, Put on me a garment of of prayer. I I don't want to be known or popular here on earth. I want to be popular in heaven. I, I, I want angel and, I mean, I want the angels, Michael and Gabriel, to elbow each other and say, Look, look, John's praying. Look, look, look who's praying today. Look. I don't know if that moves you. That moves me. So our team's get ready to sing. The very first thing I want us to do is say, Lord, I, I respond. I respond to you. Now, I, I know God. He's here, and I know God can meet you out there. I know that. But something happens when a human being takes a step toward God. Something happens. It's an act of faith that says, I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming. I'm coming because I need something from heaven. And what I find out about prayer, prayer is not limited to age. And King David, when he was 17, what's that mean? He knocked it out of the park. So I welcome you. Come to the altar right now. Go ahead, guys. Let's say thank you once again for joining us on this podcast to check out more services from Faith Church. You can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give and how you can get involved.